Well, welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Manny Cabo. How are you, Manny? I'm great. How about you, my friend? Thanks for having me. That's amazing. Thank you so much. It's an honor to have you on the show. Um, The audience, if anyone knows Manny or doesn't know him, we're going to talk to him today. Obviously, you know, I was on Clubhouse and I heard this man speak. And right away, I had this urge that I need to bring him on the show, um, not just his voice or what he was saying, just basically what he was talking about and everything. So um, I'm honored that uh, he gave us his time and we'll get to know him better today in today's episode. So I'll let you kind of take the stage and kind of introduce yourself, everything that you're involved with, Manny. Sure, Shahid. No worries. Well, you know, that's a loaded question. And uh, as you know already, there's a lot of layers to what I do, you know, from being a vocalist to a, a professional music editorial photographer, podcaster, dad, trying to be a decent husband from time to time. So <laughs> there's certainly tons of layers. But at the end of the day, you know, not to sound pretentious, but I'm an artist. This is my world, what I do. It's my passion. And I'm always walking my truth. So technically, from whatever angle you want to look at, I see what I did there, pun intended, whatever angle you look at, a, you know, being an artist is what I love, but above that, it's inspiring others to, to take them to that next level and collectively to, to, to bring the vibration up of all those that I work with. That's what I've always strived for. And just to share, you know, a, a tragic moment. I just lost my dad to COVID about. Oh, sorry to hear. Yeah. And it's been, I got to tell you, uh, I'm not going to lie, full transparency. It's been brutal because my dad was the principal reason why I became any type of uh, creative individual. You know, he was the first one to introduce me to music by playing the drums. He was the first one to put a Minolta X700 camera in my hand. So of course I'm feeling that extreme void, but And I say this with a huge caveat, trying to continue a career that's enveloped around a solid relationship like my dad and myself is an arduous task at best, but it's the way I continue the legacy. So if you could understand that there's a huge delineation between the loss and the inspiration, but I utilize his passing to even motivate me more, that impetus to drive me more to to spread his legacy and positivity and his words of wisdom that have helped me in leaps and bounds, not only in my own career, but to assist others in their career, which is why I do my podcast, which is why I do my photography and have over 150 EP and album covers helping other artists build their brand. So it just brings me great joy and it's really gratifying to uplift the spirits of those that I work with in an artistic world. And I thank my dad for that. That is beautiful. Such an amazing, um, deep respond to that, that question. And also the fact that that relationship had on you, on your future and what you do is everything. You know, we have it. A lot of people know that there's people in our lives that had a, a effect on what we're doing today, but have that vivid awareness of that connection is what I, I found very interesting. And I kind of relate. I relate to what you're saying, like about kind of bringing people up and motivating. That's really why I kind of put myself online as well is because it's so important to create that vibrational being like, bring it up, bring it, bring it high, bring, bring something in people's lives that it could have a positive effect. Um, you did mention about working with artists. So do you like, uh, what, what component exactly do you work? Is it the branding side or management side? How does it work? Definitely. You know, what's funny, not the, not the management side in so much as the visual branding as a photographer. And I've been doing this for so long and dealing with uh, corporate executives in the music industry, record labels, magazines, I kind of adapted their philosophy on how to best represent an artist. 
So I took all those principles and of course applied it to my own career. Since I'm getting commissioned to, to photograph artists, I might as well take it into my own hands to photograph artists that reach out to me. It's definitely a forte of mine because I love to make the best possible extension of an artist, whatever genre, rap, hip hop, country, I don't care matter. what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's a great challenge and one that's always so fulfilling because at the end of the day, you know, the images are my babies, but they're also the babies of the artists. And when we sit there and just compile the images, I captured moments in time that are never going to be forgotten, you know, and again, the key element here is best representing the artist for what they stand for. And sometimes that is a challenge, but that's a challenge that I totally accept. You know, m- both my parents, my mom and my dad always taught me that if you're going to do something, do it right the first time. I don't like micromanaging and I never like people looking over my shoulder. First of all, you never had to because I was always a, um, I exceeded expectations. That was always my habitual way of showing whoever I was working for that you can trust me, you know? And even if I didn't like the job, I always put my heart and soul into it. That's the difference between a lot of people because we all bellyache, I hate my job, I don't want to wake up here. But you know what? I didn't like my job, but I had a job to do unless I would get fired and integrity has always been at the summit of my ambitions. I always wanted to put forth my best foot and, and come correct because even if you leave a job, you don't want to burn bridges. You don't want to burn relationships. Yeah. And I take that seriously with my artists and I'm known you can go to Nashville, Vegas, LA. Everyone's like, you got to deal with Manny. He's straightforward. He's honest, brutally honest. I have to be because if I'm not, I'm doing a That's disservice awesome. to my client. Why am I going to lie? <laughs> you know, it's nonsense. <laughs> then that just, it just taints my name, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely, you don't want to, you know, sugarcoat anything. You want to be direct and honest. People respect that. You know, there are, there are times where you, you'll get that type of personality that will take it very personally, but, and, and, and the entire explanation that you provided just now, your personality is of a personality of, of giving. So, and you're talking about integrity. <laughs> I know I'm cursed. I'm cursed. Yeah. I admit it. Well, it no, but actually that's the key <laughs> of success right there that you have habitually, unconsciously or consciously, I'm not sure, but you have that uh, integrity you mentioned. You have that integrity within first and then you're portraying it to others. So how it is, is your, your thoughts, your feelings, what your actions are, your integrity, you have integrity with that. You're honest to yourself and then you're giving to people and then you're getting success back. Like it's, it speaks for itself, what you're doing, right? Like how your well, results I are. I think it's the only way to be. I, I don't want to live my life always looking over my shoulder. That's just nonsense. And you know, it's like the person that lies about it. it, it pretty soon you can't even keep up with your own lies. <laughs> you know, you're like, wait, wait, I tell it. So That's definitely not (laughs) my world. It really isn't. But, you know, and I say this again, full transparency. I wasn't always like that, though. Uh, Just to give you a little anecdote to support what I'm saying is that, you know, uh, both of my parents told the doctors when I was born, I say this all the time, uh, that I was an abortion waiting to happen. They didn't want to, doctors didn't want to deliver me because they said I would be born with complications. And back in the day, you know how it is. We didn't have the technology. We didn't have the advent of all these incredible devices that can, that can uh, um, capture information that's just, that was unheard of back then, you know, today. 
But to make a long story short, here I am 51 years later doing everything I possibly can. And, you know, I was ver- uh, visually, verbally bullied all my life. You know, and I'm six foot two. I could defend oh, myself. Cool. Yeah, but, but people don't realize there's tons of different ways of bullying an individual. So everyone always tried to change me. Teachers always thought I literally, I was retarded. That was the word when I was growing up. I was retarded. That kid's absolutely, there's something wrong with that kid just because I was a little boisterous. So I was always misunderstood, but I was at a kind heart and, and I never liked to see someone fall. I would be the one to come and pick them up. And Mm -hmm. as the years elapse, I develop a huge ego and and, and chip off my shoulder because of that. And let me tell you, I had a bigger ego than some of the stadiums that I've sold out, but I also learned that I wasn't happy at the time, you know, and uh, I took a step back from music because I was so hurt internally. There was a missing void. And the point I'm trying to make is we all need to understand because alluding to what we just discussed before, some people like when you're honest, some people don't. And the reason why they don't is because it's their lack of security of themselves. There's an insecurity. There's a, there's a void internally that they project on us, or in this case, myself. So I had to really understand where that was coming from and analyze who I was. And then when I finally arrived to that place, I made the conclusion like, wait a second, I had a lot of things that I had to fix myself that I was, you know, projecting onto other people. And there, there was the turning point. And then the voices catapulted uh, that level of understanding to a place where now I'm beyond comfortable with who I am. And I'm even more comfortable helping people succeed. Listen, if you're, if I help you out some and you do much better than I do, good for you, man. Yeah, Take yeah. the ball along with it. You know, I do things unconditionally. That's the problem with the world nowadays, especially in the entertainment industry, multiple parts of the world. It's what can you do for me? I don't, I don't, I never believed in, in that philosophy. And pretty soon it, it comes to an end. And unfortunately, it, a lot of relationships become fractured by that philosophy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes down to, I'm not sure if you believe in this, but it comes down to the law of cause and effect, right? And the, the problem is that many people or masses, like I would say, is they're not really conditioned or understand that law. It's not anyone's fault. It's just that we haven't been educated on that stuff. You know, we've just been educated to read, remember, repeat, and go out in the world and kind of develop. But once you understand that law and once we're living that way, you see doors start opening up, you know, like, like that's what's happening with, with the amazing stuff that you're doing. Um, can you tell us more about the voice? Like, how did that happen? How did you get involved? It's funny, but um, if I had a dollar for every time I get this question asked, but it's funny, but I always revisit it. And I can't help chuckling because there were so many juicy moments that comprised my journeys of today. And being on The Voice, people would immediately associate with, well, this guy wants to showcase his voice, wants to propel his career. And sure, all the accolades and the attention opened up a a myriad of opportunities. But that wasn't the best part of the show because I told the producers, I don't like these shows. I auditioned for American Idol. I auditioned for uh, The X Factor Time, did well. But certain things happened that transpired that I felt were a little bit like mm, not in alignment with my interests. So I just left with the voice. It was different because the circumstances just, again, aligned with my interests. And I guess the production felt really, really refreshed that I was so honest that I didn't want to go to the shows. And I explained why I don't want to get into that because there's a list from here to next Wednesday. But on the show, uh, I gained a purpose, you know. The problem that I personally had was always, and we entrepreneurs always worry about the end result. What's our ROI? How much money are we going to make? How many followers are we going to gain? Therein lies the, the mistake 
and the issues and the problems that arise because we're so worried about that end result that we miss the journey. You know, nobody said it's a sprint, it's a marathon. So on The Voice, I developed a purpose to help. There were moments where I had 30, 40 of my fellow contestants and parents in my room teaching them how to meditate, how to live in the moment, how to forget the 90 seconds that you're on stage because that goes by in a blink of an eye. Let's focus on the journeys, all the amazing uh, people and talented individuals that you met rehearsing in the hallways at 11 o'clock and getting yelled at, you know, sitting by the pool, playing acoustic guitar impromptu. So people really need to start living in the moment and embracing life. And the passing of my dad, that's one thing that taught me that every second that I'm allowed to breathe is the most refreshing second. And I embrace that wholeheartedly. You know, take my socks off, work, walk on the grass. I don't care if you think that's um, spiritual woo-woo. I could care less. Makes me feel good. It keeps me grounded. It keeps me humbled. Keeps me together with Mother Nature and the things that really matter. Because materialistic things, these are all illusions of the world. I know because I wanted my, my Rolls Royce Phantom, my mansion. My whole philosophy of what is successful and happy for me was completely convoluted looted and heightened, especially after the loss of my dad, that family, your health, healthy relationships, ridding your life of toxicity is important and, and following your truth. Because when you follow your truth organically, things start to develop and they start to become more real and you start getting signs and meditating was a huge factor that helped me quiet my mind. You know, we as human beings have like 60,000 thoughts a day. Our brain is craving for some quiet time. And most gurus and professionals in whatever industry will tell you, meditating gave me the most incredible ideas. And they come as a whim, you know, because they heighten your senses. But yeah, that's what the voice gave me, a purpose. Now I use my voice and I scatter my voice and my message on multiple platforms to help bring the vibration up, to inspire, to motivate, to give you a different outlook. And that's my purpose. You asked me 10 years ago, I would have been like, nah, nah, my purpose is to sell out arenas, is just get a Grammy and Emmy. Those are nice things too to have, you know, but they do not, that's not an extension of who you are. That's an extension of your hard work. And that's commendable, but not who you are. I'm Manny, I'm the ball guy with a microphone who sits here and enjoys the moment. Right now, this is important for me, Saeed. I put all of my effort in this conversation with you. When it's over, then making coffee. If that's important, that's a, that'll be important. Talking to my mom, that'll be important. You know, segments in the day, and we're so scattered with, oh, I got to finish this. Mm -hmm. I got to finish that. It's that yeah. Western mentality. We need mm -hmm. to slow down. slow down. That's basically what it comes down to, yeah. right? So true. I call it, I call it, um, I call it ignite now. So ignite now, meaning like whatever I'm doing in the now moment, I'm, I ignite it. Like I put fire under, it. I make it exciting. I make it amazing. And that's why I can relate to what you're saying. And I'm, I'm really, my next question is that, do you get a lot of mindset training? Like you're on point with a lot of the stuff that governs our being as a human being. So I'm just curious, is it, is it, uh, unconscious or con like did you actually get studied in it or is it are you naturally like that or life lessons got you to this point i get uh, life lessons 100 percent. i would probably say 95 percent life lessons and about five percent um uh, an influx of information that I've either read or acquired from different sources. You know, I'll, I'll pick up an occasional book uh, of Wayne Dyer, you know, Esther Hicks. Uh, I align with that self type of improvement, but I pick snippets. Yeah. I don't believe in, in, in completely applying an entire philosophy because we're all different. 
I pick and choose what works for me. And what I realized, it's pretty amazing. I'm not a religious guy by no stretch or spiritual. I don't like to fall under those categories, but I just want to do good in the world. And if that aligns with people's uh, uh, rendition of God, then so be it. But I think that just treating people with kindness uh, and applying the things, as I said before, notice how I'm beating this to a dead horse, just being yourself you know, making people better. That's my philosophies. And ironically, everyone's like, man, where did you go to school? Where did you study that? I mean, I have some great authors, you know, Tony Robbins. I didn't study these people. My, my, my life taught me uh, the hard way. And I got to tell you, I prefer that because most people can be bookworms. You know, there's street smart and there's book smart. I prefer the street smart smart version because it's real. I've experienced it. You know, the failures and the hardships gave me that thick skin. And it was a direct correlation at the time of the pain that I actually felt. So I had to figure out a way how to overcome this, you know, and books at the time weren't my salvation. I couldn't resort to that. I needed to figure out some real life situations, whether it was work, finances, career. It all came down to compartmentalizing my days and focusing on what I truly loved. You know, it's music, it's photography. So I needed to immerse myself, master my craft. Everyone wants to be famous. It drives me nuts. So I mean, everyone wants to be famous, but nobody wants to do the work. I say this in every episode. You got to put in the hours, man. But, you know, and, and I always bring up this quote. It's one of my favorite, you know, Michelangelo quotes. If people realized how many thousands and thousands and thousands of hours that I spent painting and the Sistine Chapel and everything that I embarked on, I wouldn't be called a master at all. It was just dedication and commitment. That's genius. You know, repetition will always be the mother of all skill. And of course, some people are born with this innate X factor of talent given, but you, you put those two elements together, then you have a super beast and whatever in sports, music, in, in the world of medicine, doesn't matter, but you have to cultivate a craft. If you love it, work hard at it and master that craft. And that to me has always been the key to success. And also networking. Network is your net worth. We all know that as entrepreneurs, that, that definitely helps, you know, because it's like a tree that falls in the woods and nobody hears. You have to make some noise and, and create a buzz around you. But with all those elements, uh, I think you have a higher, actually, I know you have a higher probability of doing something good for yourself mm-hmm. and in the world. Yeah, man. Yeah. Find a purpose and devote your life to it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, that, and, and, and everything that you're saying definitely shows that you have found your purpose and there's more to it, obviously, like there's a bigger purpose, obviously you're probably working towards, but you're on the right track. Like I'm, I'm so uh, blessed to be, have this opportunity or grateful to okay. be able to meet with you and Feeling talk to you about this. Man. Yeah. Feeling's mutual, but these relationships aren't a coincidence. They happen no. because time. Wow, man. That's you're, like, <laughs> you're on point. <laughs> Right. I believe that yeah. when you're ready, things just unleash because yes. I've had a, it's been a brutal year, but you stay the course. My dad always taught me, and this is one of the things I'm still working on. And I think I'm going to be working until the day I have to die because I'm going to be like, not yet, not yet. I'm not ready to that. I'm not, just not ready. You know, I have no patience. Right. And I say that with a huge caveat because so many opportunities in my life growing up uh, till this day, I've either missed 
or overlooked because I just don't have the patience to wait. So I'm still working on that and I'm learning in leaps and bounds. And, and I feel that combining patience with your passion that is such a huge asset, but it's a tough pill for me to swallow, but I'm still learning. We're, I'm, I'm always learning. And that's why I've become such a good teacher because I'm a better student. I'll learn from you. I'll learn from my daughter, my wife, my mom. And the only way to do that is another element that we need to watch out for is our ego. You got to get rid of the ego, man. It'll just destroy it. You know, it'll close your mind. It'll really narrow your field of view of the possibilities because certain things don't end up the way you see it. You know, sometimes, like I said, put your best foot forward, follow your passions and let it come naturally. And you'll be surprised what you thought was what you wanted as an end result turns out to be entirely something different. That's even better than what you initially anticipated. So it's an awesome and fascinating topic. You know, I could sit and talk yeah. to you all day. Yeah, same but, here. I love it. And it's, it comes out to faith too, right? Like having faith. So having faith and you're going after something and you, that creates patience. The, the, what I see in people is that they're, like you mentioned, that they're always trying to get, 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 right? They're trying to grow, get more followers, get more growth, get more clients, get more. They're pushing, they're forcing. But that only explains to me is like there's a lack of faith because when you have faith, you take patience, you take little steps, you, you find everything that comes in your life for a reason that came into your life and you build relationships and you can see, you can tell that difference in people. Yeah. The problem is that faith is so convoluted by the human race. You know, faith is associated to just religion. That has nothing to do with this, that. And that's the problem. It's so garbled and, and misconstrued. Yeah. Faith, I like you said, it, me, you understood when I said faith. Like, I'm not talking about yeah. religion. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. I completely get you. And, and I agree with you. That's the thing. I'm siding with you because it is. Faith is, is this passion, right? And the expectation that this is what I love to do and things just work out. You know, because there's two kinds of thought. You could either think negative or think positive. Like, why would you think negative? It's not going to get you anywhere. And it, the funny thing is 99.9% .9 of the things that we fear never happen. It's like this fabrication that cripples us. It's insane. But you have to learn. Yeah. You know, it's not easy because we all go through that. But facing your fears, everything we want is on the other side of fear. That's the beauty of it. Yes. But getting to that point is a challenge. And it was a challenge for me too. But, you know Go ahead. And they're both blind, right? They're both invisible. You don't know what you yes. pick, faith or fear. And you mentioned that's a good point about that big percentage. There's just a small percentage, like you said, like such a small percentage of something turning sideways and really having something to worry about, like something that you should be worried about. It's such a small, yeah. your day-to-day -day stuff, like the 60,000 thoughts that you, you we think, we're conditioned to think on the negative side. It's from our parents, our relatives, our neighbors. Sure. It's a societal convention, man. Societal yeah. conventions, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it, I'm not saying it's difficult to ignore. Sure, mm -hmm. sometimes they creep in. The only difference between me and everyone that I discuss this and try to teach that is I have a lot more bullets in my belt that I could be like, wait, this is just a facade. Let me just quiet my mind, take a step back, meditate five minutes. All right, what, why, what is my why again? Oh yeah, I, I remember I started this because, oh, passion, that's right. When you immerse yourself in your passion and you become so busy that you don't have time to be negative. You know, if you're too busy helping people, staying happy, being passionate about your craft, there is no time to be negative because you're surrounded by a great aura. So, and again, that comes with conditioning and practice. Yes. Mother of all skills. See how it's all relative. And 
I'm not the smartest man in the world by no stretch, but I am smart in the things that I've uh, been able to accomplish and how I got here because of my own life experiences. And I'm very, listen, I'm very fortunate for all the hardships and failures. You have to be because it's the only way to know what not to do. And society today is coddling our kids, you know, giving them trophies for 10th place, participation trophies. I think that's the biggest nonsense. I get a lot of heat for this, but I don't care. When I grew up, I'm going to tell you a quick anecdote. I was uh, before music and before all this, baseball was my life. Okay, my life. I got cut from my sixth grade baseball team. Of course, I was sad at that age. You know, you don't know how I feel. Cut for my seventh grade team. You know, the coach is like, you're not good enough. You got to come back. So I can air with those stories of Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan because I came back that last year, right? We went all the way to the championship game. I became an MVP, the best pitcher in the league, averaging 15 strikeouts a game. And the coaches even told me, why didn't we give you a shot? And now I look back, I'm like, because you weren't supposed to. I, I heard exactly what I needed to hear. The problem that we have nowadays is parents and coaches and all these people are not telling kids what they need to hear. You can't caress them and tell them eh, it's okay. The world isn't like that. The world is not a, a fair place. If your kid sucks, okay, and I'm, using, I'm being extreme here. If your kid sucks in a sport, you got to tell them, listen, Manny, you're not good enough right now. You need to work on this. Your pitching is off. You're, you're, you're throwing your mechanics are completely off. You need to go back and work your system and then come back. And if they have a problem, it's because of the, the, the values that they were instilled. Because if you go for a job interview, they're not going to be like, you know what? You know, some yeah, 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 I like your, your skills. Maybe we'll hire you. You know, uh, it's good. Meanwhile, they have 10 other people that are so much better than you are so much more passionate. They're not going to give you the job just because you came in for the interview. It's not, it doesn't work that way. It's a false expectation. And notice how I get flared up. I'm very passionate about that because our future depends on our kids. We need to be a little bit more realistic with things, especially with kids, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so, so true. I mean, I, I didn't want to derail off the topic but I feel that's an integral part of growth, you know, especially early on in the kid's career. For sure. Like this is the kind of conversation that I'm all about when it comes to podcasting. I don't like to, you know, script it or anything, just two friends talking, right? Those are the ones that people uh, gain value from. And this kind of information can help or impact someone's life in a very small way. You've done your You've done your deed for today. So my son, he's in basketball. So he's always in, been in rep basketball. Um, he's always been the tall kid because I'm 6'4". And, you know, my like all my uncles, my cousins, they're all 6'2 and plus. So he was a big guy. So they would all throw him a ball and he would fumble. He would miss the ball. He was not very good. You know, uh, I took him to one team. They, the second time didn't want him anymore. So that kind of stuff. And I said, just hang in there. Just keep going. You're going to get it. So now he's, he's, he's 13, he's six, four, uh, flat foot. And, and, you know, the biggest, the top team here in Toronto, um, uh, Gators, they want him, but you know, obviously COVID is, is, is shut down right now. He's getting a lot of training and stuff. So that hard work that you're talking about, and you have that mindset and you have that belief inside that you can accomplish it. You can, you can add skills. You can change the way your inner self image is. Right. Yeah. Now I'm all for inclusion. Okay. I'm all for Now I'll give you a hypothetical situation. I'm a coach and I've got my team already. Your kid, I can see he's got heart. I still got to tell him, listen, you still need to work. You're, you're not there yet. You can't be on the team because you're not there yet. How, however, 
You're on the team. You're going to help out. You're going to take notes. You're going to be the ball boy. You're going to go out and, and throw, catch, and warm up my pitchers and learn the game, include you with respect to knowledge, right? Build the relationships with people that are better than you because you, you know I, as well as I know, if you're the smartest or the best athlete or entrepreneur or teacher, I don't care what it is, in the room, then you're in the wrong room. I like to be around people better than me that can elevate me, Right. And that's my, it's always been my philosophy. And there's a lot of schools of thought in that, but to benefit the most, you have to be around people better than you. So inclusion in that sense, yes, have him part of the team so he can learn or she learn or whoever learn. That's cool. I'm all for that, but you can't give somebody a trophy just for participating. No, it doesn't work. I, I, I agree with what you're saying because you know we heard it. I heard it as well, especially in the younger age, but I think they stop at a certain age. They don't, I don't think they do it after like, you know, eight, seven or eight. I think they stop it. I'm not sure hundred percent, but if they start, if they do that for like the older kids, like in their teens and stuff, that's not going to be good for our future. And I believe it has to go back to kids too, because it's up to the parent to instill the ideals that that doesn't mean you're a bad person. See, it's all about education. That's why I say par- it starts at home. All, racism. Yeah. It, it's You're not born with that. You're taught that. So the same goes, if you could teach something so negative, then you could teach something positive. Yeah. There's no excuses. And I call BS on all that. Yeah. What you pick is what you pick. And what you're impressing on the child's subconscious mind is what he's going to be when he's an adult. So make your right, make the right choices. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah but the problem is a lot of people, they just don't know either. Right. They just don't know what, because thoughts like you control them, but there's, you know, we just think it's natural to let the thoughts go through whatever our day, you know, we don't have any control because that's the way we're conditioned, but there's a system to it. Uh, but yeah, it's been a phenomenal talk. Amazing. Probably do as you all mine, man. With an honor, I like you know. I love these morning talks. It's a great way to you know ignite the morning. Now I'm ready. I'm I'm fully charged and refueled and ready to tackle my day. Thanks to you. Oh, no problem, no problem. And um, again, I'm again I've been you know extremely honored that you came on the show, Manny. And I wish you like tremendous amount of success and and all types of growth that you're looking for because of what you stand for. So what you stand for is so important that I want you to be a beacon of light for people to see that they can get help and listen to you, understand you, because if you're changing lives as a profession, we need people like you to be out there as a beacon, right? We need, and I wish you all, all that, that, that amazing success that you could possibly get. I'll do it as long as I can until, you know, until my last breath. And uh, again, aligning with people like yourself and uh, things happen organically to get my message out. And I'm just living my truth and doing the best I can. No better than anybody else, man. So I appreciate you having me on the show and I hope it served your audience because I I don't speak from my brain. I speak from my heart. Perfect. I love it. I love it. I love that. The heart speaking. I'm all about that as well. And again, thank you. And thank you to the audience. Uh, Get in touch with Manny. If you have any questions, he's on Instagram. He, you know, um, a great guy, any kind of uh, information or any kind of help or guidance you need, you know, I'm sure you'll be happy um, that you guys connect with him. And thank you again and have a great day. 